You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. everyone welcome my name is andy and you're listening to the insiders the show from the dcast and the disinsider.com where myself and skylar schuler talk all things disney as it pertains to the entertainment industry to hollywood the movies you know what we're talking about so go ahead and sit back relax and listen to this week's episode of the insiders and how are we doing today skylar i'm pretty good it's a new week it looks like we're on track to keep this show going uh, couldn't record last night but you know that's because a Black Widow trailer dropped. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's perfect for us. Um, we didn't want to push the show further back. We'll talk about the Jungle Cruise trailer next week, but um, yep, yep, I'm yep. super stoked to be here. The yeah, Jungle Cruise trailer drops tomorrow, I believe, right? If you're listening to this. But then we have Black Widow that came this morning. And we're like, hey, you can't not talk about it. So we're, we're, we're doing it. So, guys, welcome to the Insiders, the podcast that talks all things Hollywood as it pertains to the Walt Disney Company, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, or Fox, or whatever else. Goodness, it's all Disney owns it all, and that's why we have this show. Uh, if you want to make sure you follow us, go to thedizinsider.com or thedcast.com for all the socials. You can follow us on Instagram. Go to the Diz Insider Facebook group. If you don't know, the Diz Insider has a Facebook page, but also a group where we post the episodes of this and other articles, and we can discuss. Encourage you to go on there and check it out. Uh, with that, we're just going to get right into it this week. We're getting into the box office rundown where we run down the top movies at the box office this past weekend. And at number five, we have The Call of the Wild with Harrison Ford. I still haven't seen this. It's not doing well. I'm going to go ahead and venture to say, um, not Fox, but 20th Century and Disney, they're, they're going to take a loss on this film. It's number five. It made uh, $6 million this weekend. It's made $57 million total. It's kind of a wash, I'm thinking. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week. The Sadly, the, the film is going to be a loss for the studio. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the movie was really kind of its core production was with 20th Century Fox before yeah. the Disney merger. Yep. But, you know, Disney's taking all that money now, so they're also losing all that money. So Exactly. It's unfortunate, but Harrison Ford still has a career, as does the rest of that cast and director. Um, you know, it's not, a, like I said uh, last week, not a bad movie, just the dog. The dog, um, the CGI yeah. dog. Yeah. And it was coming up, right? It was budding up right and right up against Onward coming out, which is another family film. And you have a, a climate right now where people are like, if I'm going to go to the movies, do I want to go twice or am I going to go once? Am I going to go for a Pixar film or am I going to go for this Harrison Ford dog where there's memes about him dreaming of coming from a dream where he was really with a Wookiee, but he was anyways. If you don't know, go, go Google call the wild Harrison Ford and Wookiee. You'll find some memes. Uh, but number four, Sonic the Hedgehog. I love this film. Uh, coming in at $7.7 million from Paramount Pictures. It is coming down quite a bit. It was... Uh, it was brought back from about 460 theaters, but not enough good things to say about this film. Uh, there's already talk of a sequel. Super stoked about that. We have a franchise on our hands, and and 
I was listening on the business uh, podcast I listened to about the you know the the Hollywood industry and the business, and they were saying that they believe that this they, they finally broke the video game curse. Is the video game movie curse broken with Sonic the Hedgehog, Skyler? I'm gonna say no, and here's why. It's at 295 million as of today. It'll break 300 million. Yeah, it's gonna be a hard stretch to break 400 million. Yeah, that's uh, something yeah. that last year's Detective Pikachu, which I actually really enjoyed, did last year, made mm-hmm. about 450 million. These movies that are driven by special effects, not to mention the redesign of Sonic, which probably costs them about 60, 50 to 60 million dollars. Oh, yeah. I forget what that is on top of what their our current production budget is outside of marketing. It's gonna be really hard for this movie to break even. Now, we already know that James Marsden signed on to multiple films, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean multiple films will happen. Yeah. There's been too many video game flops to say a curse has been broken. Now, there's I think we've had a stretch of decent video game movies uh, to film adaptations when you look at Tomb Raider, which is getting a sequel, Mm -hmm. Uh, Detective Pikachu, which I'm sure Pokemon's going to find a way to do another movie. Oh, yeah. And then you have Sonic, which is getting positive buzz and is looking to get those legs past that that actual budget to maybe even get a sequel. So I think we're in the right direction. Do I think the curse is broken? I'm going to wait. We still have a bunch of, you know, video game to movie adaptations in the works. We already know there's a Mario movie in the works. Um with Illumination, uh, as well as a Tomb Raider sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's give it a you know a couple more years and let's see. Let's ask that question again. All right. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, if you go back to the '90s, there was a string of just horrible video game adaptation films: Street Fighter II, uh, Mortal Kombat, Super Mario Brothers. They were just awful, and they were flop after flop after flop. And so now we're getting this stretch where we're getting some really good video game films that are beginning to come out. Will that continue? I hope so, because there's a lot of good IP out there. With that, though, we have number three, The Way Back, at $8 million from Warner Brothers. I'm looking at this film because I don't think I know anything about Oh, The Way... I, this is the this is the Ben Affleck film. What am I talking about? Yes. I, I need to go see this film. Uh, they're already talking Oscar buzz for this for Ben Affleck, and goodness, yeah, I've, I've heard nothing but good things. It's a shame this movie went up against Onward um, this week. It just, I think, it's a bad... Bad timing all around for this film, but I'm hearing nothing but good things about it. What are you hearing, Skylar? Yeah, I'm hearing good things, uh, primarily around Ben Affleck. I'm kind of wondering if maybe they should have pushed this back to awards season or even moved it up from last year to awards season. Yeah. um, To give Ben Affleck a little bit of buzz. When you release a movie so early in March, you know, I I think you get lost in the shuffle come Oscar season next year. I think we saw that with Taron Egerton in Rocket Man last mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the shining star of that movie. Did all the singing was very, really solid in Rocket Man, and he was forgotten during award seasons. Yep. Uh, outside of the Golden Globes, which is 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 still good to be nominated. That's a nice little achievement, but it's not the Oscars. It's not, so no. I'm wondering if the studio was thinking maybe we should have pushed this back. Um, it, but you know, if there's one thing that uh, you know, a studio is like uh, Warner Brothers is good at. It's reintroducing these movies come Oscar season. 
So we'll have to just wait and see. I, but I, I am hearing great things. I don't know what the production budget is. I have to assume it's very small. It's a, you know, it's a drama sports exactly, film, yeah, uh, based on you know, kind of an inspiration on Ben Affleck's you know personal life, which mm-hmm. is kind of sad. But it's nice that he's overcoming his personal demons. And um, it's this is my kind of movie. I love inspirational stories of yes. triumph. Um, that said, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know what kind of triumph there is. But, you know, $8 million for a movie that, you know, opened up on, you know, the same weekend or a weekend after these big blockbuster films. It, it's, you know, it's maybe that's a good thing. It's nice to have a, a different movie to, you know, you know, to, to subplot onward. You know, you don't. Yeah, we see onward. Adult or do we go see the way back? Yeah, it's or it's, you know personal ground. I'm happy. Yeah, it's a, it's counter programming. I, I think it's probably what they were thinking on this. I do. I'm, I'm kind of along with you. I'm like they probably should have either pushed this back into Christmas time or put it into award season. It's not unheard of for a film that comes out this time of year to continue with the Oscar buzz, but that takes a lot of campaigning sure. from the studio. They have to keep it in front of people. We saw that with Black Panther. Obviously, that came out in February in 2017. And the studio was able to keep it in front of everybody. Right. It, it was it was nominated for several Oscars, and it was also the advantage of the, one of the largest studios on the face of the earth, that being Marvel. Um, they had the ability to do that. Not saying Warner Brothers can't, but they're not as uh, culturally relevant as Marvel is. But we'll see. Um, I love seeing Ben Affleck come back after the whole Batman thing. Yeah, that's bad. Anyways, The Invisible Man's coming at number two. The nice little horror film here. Uh, these horror films just they, they they hold strong at fifteen million dollars this weekend. You know Universal has to be happy with that. Their monsters franchises. Um, are, did they have a little monsters franchise logo at the beginning of this, like they did with the other ones? So they didn't. They had the classic Universal logo as well as the uh, Blumhouse logo. Mm-hmm. But it should be noted, ninety eight million dollars on such a small a Blumhouse budget, budget yep. of seven million dollars. Oh yeah, more than what seven eight nine ten times its budget almost yeah um you probably more um if you take out marketing but the director lee wanell who directed this really good film called upgrade a couple of years ago um not for families by the way uh, more for you know older te- teenagers and adults really good sci-fi thriller action flick um he comes off of that movie directs this does a really good job very creepy um very chilling makes you kind of scared when you get home like what is lurking around um well that director just signed a multi uh a multi-film deal with universal studios and blumhouse to develop more monster movies very nice and uh james wan is also producing it just came out you know a couple days ago via the trades that uh, James Wan, Aquaman, Insidious, The Conjuring. Um, he is also producing a monster film. So I wonder if they're going to team up to bring in, let's say, Dracula or Frankenstein. They do the mummy. But this really launched the monster universe. And, uh, you know, it's a great film. If you haven't seen it, I'd recommend it, especially if you're into the classic universal horror monsters or just a horror fan in general. I think it's like, I think, I think I said this last week, it's a great idea for universal to team up with Blumhouse on this. They haven't had much success with their monsters, trying to revamp their monsters franchise, but you have a proven powerhouse here with Blumhouse that can make a great film for next to nothing. Um, very smart. And they can put a modern twist on it. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, great idea all around. De- 
exactly. If if there's one studio that you can bank on outside of right now Marvel to bank on a profit, it's Blumhouse. Whether their yep. movies are good or bad, you you know there's a profit to be made with their films because they do it with such a low budget, but bring in a creative team that makes you know decent films and mm-hmm. you know their marketing campaigns are so good on social media. So good for Blumhouse. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then number one, I don't think anybody was expecting any less. You have Pixar's Onward. Uh, I'm, I don't know. Did it underperform thirty nine million dollars um, for a Pixar release? It, it, it is on par with other Pixar releases. It, I, I I I was I I had read it, uh, higher tracking on this, but I think maybe people are avoiding the theaters right now. What do you think, Skylar? It it's sad. It's actually lower than the Good Dinosaur in terms oh. of you know recent grosses that that just actually came out from Box Office Industry Insiders. Um, Thirty nine million dollars uh, U.S. domestic with an additional twenty eight million overseas, bringing the total to sixty seven million dollars. It's it's not Pixar's, unfortunately, it's not Pixar's best. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, we've seen it again with other uh, Pixar films, but doing two films a year, now we have Soul, which looks completely different. Um, you have to think that Onward, not only despite how mostly positive these reviews are, um, what is the cause of the movie-going experience with this film? I personally, and I, I've read, you know, other sites and, you know, some friends that I really like, uh, including our friend John Negroni, who is the box office insider at Adam Tickets. Mm-hmm. He's made some really great points. I I have a feeling, though, it, this there's more to this, which I think we're going to talk about here in just a second. Um, but I thought the marketing was fantastic. Marketing I was great. Marketing yes. everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, you had a stacked cast. I, I really thought this could have made Coco numbers. And with an initial release like this, it's kind of scary. Like this could be a wouldn't, I don't want to say a bomb for Pixar, but I'm not, I'm not thinking that they're super happy with these numbers at the moment. And I think with, with this, you're, there's going to be an asterisk by it because of the situation I had now happening in the world. That of course being the, the coronavirus. Let's just, let's just be honest here people are being encouraged worldwide not to go in large group gatherings, even in this country, in the United States, not to go large gatherings, um, you know, constantly washing their hands. And if you don't need to go out don't go out and people are just kind of freaking out, especially here. If you're on, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're on either the coast, East coast or West coast, especially, uh, I know California, Oregon and Washington have all declared states of emergency. Uh, New York has as well. Um, people just don't want to go out, which is like, Oh gosh, how, how is this going to work out? Which also brings us to one story. I want to talk about real quick. As far as the box office goes, uh, no time to die has been delayed. The James Bond film, Daniel Craig's last James Bond film was supposed to come out. I believe this, this week, uh, or next week, March 20th, it's being pushed back to, uh, no, that's, I'm sorry. That wasn't March 20th. It was this week, right? This was come out. I believe it was April. I, I'm starting to think. I think it was April, if I'm if I remember correctly. It's being pushed back April to 18th or April 20th 18th, or something. Yeah. It's being pushed back to November now um, to account to account for the coronavirus. Um, and you have theaters in Asia. I mean, in China, essentially, they're shut down. Uh, three of the six worldwide Disney properties are shut down right now. Uh, with Paris probably looming here pretty soon, seeing as how it's the coronavirus has 
kind of taking a hold into Europe. They're doing a great job, especially in Italy, trying to get their hands handle on it. But what? How is this long term gonna hurt? The, the the entertainment industry that they're pushing movies back they're pushing big releases back, like like the last James Bond with with Daniel Craig back to November which is unheard of to push a movie that far back um and I'm looking at these numbers a Pixar release that was I mean people can say all they want oh it wasn't well marketed no it was extremely well marketed um time I mean they did some very unique stuff with the, with with the cast and, and the marketing some great viral stuff online everywhere I looked Granted, my computer and browsing, they, they, I'm specifically targeted for this, so I get it a lot. But still, I mean, I saw billboards everywhere. I think it's 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 the fear of people getting sick. So what is the long-term implications for the theater industry? I don't think it's good. Um, I'm not going to say it's horrible i i don't think it's good by any anyone that tells you that this is good it, it is doesn't know what they're talking about mm-hmm. um now is was this a good move for no time to die i personally think so now despite the coronavirus and you know i i my prayers are out to those who are affected by it it was a good move outside of you know the current what's going on in the world today yeah. It was a good move for a studio that releases a James Bond movie in a stacked, you know, early summer movie blockbuster season and pushing it back to where it belongs in November yeah. during the, you know, the fall. Um, that's just how James Bond movies work. Spectre came out, uh, you know, later in the year. Skyfall did. That's just it's just how these movies work. They don't appeal to the summer blockbuster you know, moviegoer, as does, let's say, a Marvel or a DC film or um, a franchise film, maybe like a Jungle Cruise coming up here uh, in a few months. Yep. Uh, but there isn't. But there, it, there is an impact. I do think they worried, and they said, you know what? We think our movie is going to be impacted not only by this release date, but by what's going on with the events worldwide. Um, James Bond is is a huge property overseas, as it is here in America. Um, and they thought, you know what, maybe for long-term value, November was the best place for them. That said, there's already been some movies that have shuffled release dates around a couple weeks, taken a spot. Um, you're going to have to wonder who moves in the November spot where No Time to Die is now. Mm-hmm. Ryan the Last Dragon from Disney comes out on the same day. Yep. And the week before No Time to Die, you have Godzilla versus Kong. <clears throat> which is going to be a huge blockbuster hit for yep. the studio. It's Everyone wants to see that. Movies are going to have to continue to shuffle. Do you shuffle back or do you shuffle forward? Now, a movie like Godzilla vs. Kong will have to shuffle forward. Uh, Ryan the Last Dragon will see. Maybe it's counter-programming. But that said, the coronavirus is going to have a, an effect on movie going. I think it did with Onward. I don't think it was the 100% effect like some people are saying, but there was an effect. Oh, absolutely. The big test and i think we mentioned this last week is going to be mulan yep china still has all other you know we we do know shanghai we're not a parks podcast but shanghai disneyland set to open soft open uh here pretty soon as will uh the other parks Mm -hmm. yep um i don't know what that means for the movie theater industry in china i don't know if they'll start to open um but as of right now they're all closed right now Seventy thousand cinemas are closed in china Mm -hmm. italy as of probably by the time this podcast is released, Italy is going to be on complete lockdown. The whole country's shut down. Yep. Um, that's going to be impactful. 
you, you look at Japan, which has taken some hits and theaters are closing. You know, the United States is starting to take these precautions to the coronavirus. So I do think there's an impact. Like I said, I don't think it's good, but I'm hoping this will blow over. And I think it will. We'll, ha- we'll, we'll just have to see. I think Mulan will be the big test. And then maybe you can make an argument for Black Widow, but that's, you know, further down the line. Yeah, Mulan is going to be the big test. And luckily, um, in China, they seem to, they did, all accounts were, you know, were not economists or anything. All accounts, so they acted a little late, but when they did act, they acted very decisively, the government there. And so it, it sounds like life's slowly beginning to get back to normal. Quarantine areas are going to open back up because they be, they're beginning to get a handle on it there. But you have the rest of the world that hasn't don't have they'll have the same infrastructure or ability to do that and it's spreading of course here in the united states we'll kind of look at china and see how things go mulan is the big test mulan's tracking to do pretty well actually um but if they lose that chinese market and people you can, not even just the fact that theaters are closed people are just afraid to go to the theater to be in a large group of people there's that fear factor there people are like oh I, I'll just wait till it comes on streaming. I'll just wait till it comes on Blu-ray or, you know. Right. That's a problem. But like we said last week, you have the issue if it does release in the United States and does it in China, there is the piracy market, especially overseas, and the movie's just going to get out online and people are gonna, people are going to watch it online instead of going and sitting in a theater. It's unfortunate, and only time will tell. The movie, Mulan, looks amazing. I am so excited for it to come out, Um, all all things considered. All things go okay. I'll be I'll be there opening night, um, but will it do okay? I don't know. And guys, what do you think about what's going on with with the coronavirus? How it's going to affect the movie industry? We do encourage you to do the simple things: wash your hands. You know, don't touch your face. Do a yes. fist bump, not a handshake. You know, do what you got to do. Keep yourself healthy and your loved ones around you healthy. With that, though, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. And we are, of course, back. And there was a trailer that dropped this morning as we're recording this. It is, of course, Black Widow, the final trailer. We finally have a little bit more of the plot of what's going on. Scholar, what stood out to you about this final Black Widow trailer from Marvel? This trailer was the best trailer they've released for this film. Um, I personally thought this maybe should have been the first trailer. Absolutely. Uh, it was very action packed. We get a little idea of more to Natasha's backstory. Um, something we've all kind of wondered, like, where did she come from? You know, who did she face before joining the Avengers? We're getting to see her a little more of her, what she's calling the, now it's very, um, it's, it's out there now that this is her family. When we think of, you know, David Harbour's red guardian, Yelena Belova from Florence Pugh and, uh, Rachel Weiss. Yeah. So it's, uh, going to be interesting to see where they take this film i i have this feeling that you know this could be opening the door to thunderbolts which has been rumored for a long time but yes. in the trailer specifically i love the fight choreography mm-hmm. i think that looks very cool very similar in tone to the winter soldier which is still my favorite marvel movie to date yep um you know we got hints a lot more hints to taskmaster master and what he does he run it looks like he was running the widows for a little bit this black widow organization um you see him mocking certain avengers when it comes to black panther we we've seen him mock black panther hawkeye captain america uh i had heard spider-man was someone he was mocking uh it 
this just this movie looks great in a movie that I think no one was really asking for. Marvel Studios and Disney has been marketing this film fantastic. There, it looks like they're giving us an excellent film that is a nice palate cleanser mm-hmm. to Avengers Endgame. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited to see where they take this. My only thing is, is I, I still don't know who Ray Winstone's playing. He's yeah. a pretty big actor. He is. He's he's one I. They're gonna throw something out of left field here. I'm 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 pretty confident in that with 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 him. Also, I, I, there, there's some some plot points there because I know in Endgame you had. Um, Black Widow, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character say that, you know, when she meets the Red Skull, you know, Hawkeye says, what, you know your daddy's name? And she says, I didn't. Okay. So does she never know that his name was Ivan? Does she just know? How, how does, are they going to, and I'm sure they're probably going to take that plot point and explain somehow that she never knew her father's name, though she knew her father. She never could know his name. There's other little things. I think they're going to fill in a lot of holes here as well as make an amazing spy movie from Marvel. Um, kind of more like it feels very not even like Jason Bourne. I, I don't even know how to describe just international action-packed spy film. You know, I I don't even know where to go with it. It's just it looks epic, and I I can't not wait to see this. Um, Lawrence Pugh, I believe her name is, who plays um, uh, Scarlett Johansson's sister in this film. I, we're gonna probably see more of her. Especially um, like you said with the Thunderbolts, we I'd like to, to see the Thunderbolts come into play. Um, it's a great subplot. You can hear about the Thunderbolts if you listen to the Marvel Tribe. They explain the Thunderbolts a little bit. Um, th- I think that's a great plot point you can put into the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. That and of course the West Coast Avengers. I'm always going to be an advocate of the West Coast Avengers. That's just me. Um, so yeah, I I, I I I cannot wait for May. And we can't get here soon enough. But of course we are. Waiting to see what happens with the box office, and uh, will things be good, bad? I don't know. But with that, Skyler, um, with the rest of the year out, what film are you most looking forward to right now from the Disney company between now and the end of the year? It's a good question. It's something I, I keep toying with uh, in my head, and I, I'm starting to think it's Jungle Cruise. Um, the reason being is I won't give anything away is I've heard really good things about the movie, uh, from people who have gotten too privileged enough to see some screenings. Mm -hmm. Um, it, the footage that we have seen, the trailer, the D 23 footage, this film looks like it could be a jumping off point for a new franchise for Disney in the same vein as a pirates of the Caribbean. And it's got a nice summer release date. It's got box office draw. Everyone, Everyone's hot on Emily Blunt right now. Everyone really liked her Mary Poppins portrayal. Mm -hmm. She's got A Quiet Place 2 coming out, which is also receiving uh, good buzz at the moment. And you got Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the biggest movie star uh, on the planet right now. Um, If this movie does well, it it could green light some projects that we've all been wanting. Haunted Mansion. Uh, There's been talks of an It's a Small World movie. A big Thunder Mountain TV series was being developed a few years back. There's uh, Space Mountain was talked about. It can expand on these worlds. Uh, it could give the chance to intertwine with some of these franchises. Maybe, maybe this could be the biggest, the next big cinematic universe. Now that might sound crazy because pirates and Jungle Cruise are being are taking place during different times. Mm-hmm. But who's to say they can't you know, exactly. cross over these kind of franchises? Its own 
a you know Disney Park attraction cinematic universe. Yes, a Disney Parks like that. Disney Park cinematic universe would be absolutely epic. It'd be kind of like the Pixar theory. They all no, not really. Every time I mention the Pixar theory, I get like Close. horrible, horrible emails from people. It's just fun, people. It's just fun. We know it doesn't really fit together. It's just fun. Get over it. But yeah, I, I let, just, let us have this fun. Yeah, let me have my fun. Gosh, um, I think for me though, I think Soul right now is kind of up there. I'm really. Like something about that film, it's like Pixar was like, "Oh, you think we can only go as small as you know Inside Out? We can go smaller. We can go to the soul." I just something about that film resonates with me, and I'm I'm super excited about about that. With that though, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just kind of go over some quick little snippets of news we have here from the Disinsider.com. If you're not on the Disinsider.com, make sure you check out the Disinsider.com every day to get the latest and what's going on. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, Guardians of the Galaxy will be in it. We kind of knew this already, kind of figured the way Endgame left off, but it, we're going to get the Guardians of the Galaxy in Thor, Love and Thunder. My question is, if Thor is joining the Guardians, kind of, they're going together, they're on the ship together, how are they going to differentiate these two film franchises per se? If I'm not mistaken, I believe Guardians of the Galaxy will play a minor role in Thor Love and Thunder. Okay. My bigger question is, will he play a bigger part in Guardians Volume 3? James Gunn has unequivocally said no. But who knows? This is this is Marvel. They they always throw in fastballs at us. Um, Thor Love and Thunder, they've always stated, will be central to um, Thor, Lady Thor, and... Uh, why am I forgetting the third person? Valkyrie. Okay, yep, yep. And with Valkyrie... So we'll have to wait and see. With Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson, who plays Valkyrie in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, confirmed Christian Bale will be joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a villain. What do we know? Oh my goodness. Batman's coming. What do we do? Oh man. Um, so all we know is he's playing a villain. Um, and it's likely he's the primary villain. We've already heard he's going to be a CGI character. There are tons of CGI characters in the Thor universe. Um, we don't know who he's playing at this moment. Um, all we know is that it's a CGI monster character. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, I also want to talk about this quick interview, speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. John Krasinski has talked about Fantastic Four. He wants to play... Uh, what's his face? I can never remember. Um, the, 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 the you know, read Dr. Reed Richards, um, in fantastic four. Yes. Uh, this kind of, it, the biggest thing I've heard is he's too old. Is he too old for this franchise? Yes or no? I don't think so. I want to see, I, I love everything he does. He's excited about, he's excited about it. I think he tweeted the other day. It's like, come on, Marvel. He wants it. We want it. Give it to us. Are you think they're? Do you think they're going to do it? Absolutely, they're they're going to find a way to bring him into the universe. I don't know how they will just yet, but it it has to happen. Yeah, they have to let John Krasinski on. He's already stated in multiple interviews that he wants to do it. I think Marvel wants him. It's a, it's just a matter of where they want to go with you know Fantastic Four. They're not in the state to introduce him just yet. Yeah, but yes, he has to be in it. Yeah, I completely agree. Whether it's you know phase four, phase five, phase ten, either eventually they're gonna they're gonna do it. They're gonna bring in all these other Marvel, um, different different Marvel 
properties they got from Fox. They're super excited to get him get him in there. So I, I it, it's it's a no brainer. Also, I mean John Krasinski, he is you know not only a great actor. We know him of course from The Office and other things, but he's an amazing director with A Quiet Place, um, the 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 Amazon series um, he's on right now. Um, Jack Ryan. Oh, um, Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher. I'm sorry. Ryan. 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 Jack Ryan. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Jack Ryan. Ryan. Um, amazing jacks <laughs> amazing series love him on it and yeah they, they would be silly especially they work so like you said they work so close to his wife it's it's gonna happen uh will his wife play opposite of him i don't know there's been talk of that as well it could happen I, i'd be totally fine with it i'm yeah who who would you want to play the human torch and ben Grimm, the thing and dr doom oh off the top of your head dr Ben Grimm, the thing I would I would love to see The Rock, but he's already you know out. Oh gosh, the thing uh, I don't even. You know what? Um, um, remember the wrestler from the eighty Goldberg? Oh wow, yeah. Um, he's now on the Goldbergs on ABC. I'd love to see him play the thing. Uh, Human Torch. I'd like to, I'd love to see a female Human Torch. I'd like I like them to mix that up a little bit. Um, mm, goodness, who I don't know. Man, threw me for loop on that one. Human Torch. Can we? I don't know. I don't know why. I want to say Zoe Deschanel, but I want to say Zoe Deschanel. I don't think it would work. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What was the other character? Um, Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Oh gosh. Okay, so Doctor Doom. Yeah, I guess someone menacing. Um, I'm. Ask me after I see Artemis Fowl, because I think Josh Gad could actually do it. I, I, oh, I don't know if I agree there. Oh, oh come on! I mean, I, I said ask me because I, I, I saw I, I saw I finally I finally watched the uh, the trailer for the latest trailer for Artemis Fowl. I'm a little excited about it now. I'm like, okay, this could be going to be amazing, or it's going to be a train wreck. I'm like, okay, this is different for Josh Gad. This is very just all right. Or you know what? Get Sterling K. Brown. I'm all for Sterling K. Brown to play villain. Oh, yes. Yes. Sterling K. Brown, 100%. Yeah. Yes. I think um, it kind of changed. Well, he already kind of played a villain, kind of, in Black Panther. Not really. But. Uh, yeah, briefly. I, I think you can get away with bringing him in. They did it with Gemma Chan in Captain Marvel and oh, yeah. now in Two Eternals. So. Yep. And she had a bigger role than Sterling K. Brown did in Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would love, I, um, I want to see as much Sterling K. Brown as possible. I like that, though. And the thing is, he's already got, once you're in with Disney, you're in with Disney. Of course, he's in with Frozen now. Um, and there, of course, This Is Us, which, you know. Yeah, is, he's doing the docuseries. Yes, the docuseries with um, uh, One Day at Disney um, on, yes. on Disney Plus, which leads me to my last thing I want to talk about real quick. With the coronavirus, with people staying home, is this a good thing for services like Netflix and Disney Plus? Uh, when things kind of initially came out with the coronavirus a few weeks ago, we on the Dcast noticed all, all the other stocks are down, but Netflix went up. Just from a stock market point of view, maybe, maybe not. That's anecdotal. But could this be good for streaming in that people are going to be staying home and streaming instead of going to the movie theaters? Uh, it's it's a sad yes. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I mean, if you're not going to the movie theaters and you're scared and you want to be a homebody for until all this blows over, you're gonna need something to do. Mm-hmm. 
you're going to need something to watch. Now, will this be good for Disney Plus? Are people going to want to binge uh, a bunch of archive films and series and documentaries that they've seen, you know, hundreds of times already? They're probably wanting something new. Yep. Um, and Disney Plus just doesn't have new, a lot of new just yet. I mean, you got Diary of a Female President. You got Star Girl that's out now. Timmy Failure, The Mandalorian. Um, but I'm finished you know, with all those right now. There's other things that are coming. <laughs> exactly so it's probably probably good for other streamers and it might be good for disney plus who's to say we don't go and watch wally a million times like i do or rewatch the mandalorian because it's so good um but for streamers like a netflix like a hulu which disney owns yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's going to be huge it gives people an uh you know a chance to binge their favorite shows or watch uh, you know, maybe new properties that Hulu's releasing, like a High Fidelity mm-hmm. or um, like a Stranger Things for Netflix. Yeah. I think it will be. It could be good for Disney for new subscribers. Yeah, people who are like, oh, I'm not. Wasn't really gonna do it, but it's like, well, I'm not doing anything tonight. I've already watched everything on Netflix. You know, I think I'm going to go ahead and try Disney Plus out for a little while. I think you you might see a spike exactly. in new subscribers. Of course, like if you're completely fanatics like we are with Disney, I've seen everything. I'm I'm rewatching the Imagineering story right now. Um, oh, so am I. Oh gosh, so good. I can't. Gosh, I can't. I just finished watching the episode where Walt died, and I was in the gym on the treadmill while I was watching it. And I start tearing up again. Like, oh, yeah. gets me every time. Gets me every time. But with that, yeah, guys, I'm I'm. I'm on the part where they're introducing Bob Iger, so oh. I'm right there with you. I'm crying because they're introducing Bob Iger while knowing that Bob Chapek's the new CEO. Chapek! Uh, no. With so that, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Make, you know, we have a bunch of other shows on this feed. You can listen to the main show, the DCast, Thursday mornings. Of course, we have the Marvel Tribe on Wednesday mornings. We have the Extra Magic Hour right now. It's going to be Friday mornings, but we're not going to move to Monday mornings because we have the knights of the rogue republic our lady led star wars podcast coming to you here in the next two weeks we will have five podcasts a week here on the Disney insider and the dcast make sure you subscribe share leave an apple podcast review and make sure you wash your hands stay safe and uh, anything else skylar no i think that'll do it um lots of big news is gonna drop this week i think and yeah. uh, i think we're gonna have a whole lot to talk about on the next episode i like i said listen to all the shows on the decast are all so good and they're all finding their footings to be their own unique show um follow us on the disinsider.com where we're breaking all the latest news in the world of disney and uh yeah i think i think we i think we nailed everything we needed to nail today all right guys thank you so much for listening to this episode of the insiders